Hello and welcome. In this episode, you will discover why you should start doing outbound marketing ASAP, how to create a good offer for your business, why you should take a week off every quarter to see what breaks in your business, and you will watch Mustafa, yours truly, get exposed and coached by, coached by Dr. Connor. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Husseini, and we are here with another amazing guest, an amazing topic. My guest today is Dr. Connor Robertson. Welcome, Connor. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. And uh, today's topic is how to leverage email and LinkedIn for your business and take it to the next level. As usual, if you're watching or listening, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel you're watching. If you have any questions, put them as a comment and, and, and as we're going live or after and we'll get back to you. Uh, if you know anyone that could benefit from this conversation, if you know any business owners, today's topic and the guest is really hot and uh, tag them in a comment and have them, uh, you know, tap into the wisdom and knowledge that we're sharing here today and or share the link with them. Now, I'm also sharing the checklist with the step by step process with for a simple retention formula. This is a program that allows you to keep your customers, have them come back, create recurring revenue and get referrals for them. The item number five on the checklist allows you to grow your sales by about 20% in 90 days or so. So if you're interested in that, in a comment, put down retention and we'll send you the link to download the checklist. Now, let me do the proper introduction here for Dr. Connor and we're gonna dive into a very interesting conversation. Dr. Connor Robertson is a serial entrepreneur specializing in outbound marketing, acquisitions, and organic growth. He started working at 10 years old for his parents' recruiting firm and learned how to scale small businesses. Today, he's a partner in nine different companies, including GetDirectData.com, Patient, PatientReno.com, and Syntax.com. Welcome, Dr. Connor. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a good show here. And we got the new StreamYard uh, version here, which is uh, new for me. So I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So let's dive right into it, Connor. What is your story? How did you get to, where did you start and how did you get here? Yeah, I think I think that's a good part to start for everybody, right? At the end of the day, uh, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and my, my parents are, you know, both went to school, kind of normal jobs. My mother was a nurse, father was a computer programmer, and they both uh, started a company together in 2000, uh, which was probably the scariest thing they've ever done at that point, which is, hey, let's both quit our high paying, good, you know, stable jobs and, and create a company. So that was my introduction. You know, I was born in 93, so I would have been seven years old at that time. I got to... Uh, watch them build a company, you know, first job with them was shredding paper for, I think like $6 an hour, $7 an hour, whatever the, whatever the going rate was at that point. And just sit there and just shred paper over and over again. But uh, you kind of learn through proximity when you watch other people build businesses, especially family businesses. Um, and for them, it was, it was actually pretty cool to have the family all tied in together. Uh, and so I got to watch them grow that to, you know, substantial size, open multiple locations, hire over 50 people um, and just grow something to, to a level that I've never, um, been able to be exposed to previously. So I took that knowledge, uh, basically went to school in University of Western Ontario, uh, left a year early, went to chiropractic school, did my five-year doctorate, practiced for two years in Pennsylvania. Um, and then basically overnight, I decided, hey, let me take all the stuff I learned from my parents, all the businesses, coaching people, consulting with people, learning from them, and put that into a business. So then uh, I started healthcare consulting with Keith Cronin, who's now my business partner and co-founder of Syntax and Get Direct Data. 
and a few of our other entities. And uh, today we specialize mostly in outbound uh, marketing organically. So that's LinkedIn, email, text, voicemail, all the organic channels. And that has stemmed mostly from the stuff I learned from my parents in the recruiting world. So I just took everything I learned from them transition that fully over into these new business models, figure out how to monetize it. And the whole vision that we have at, at Syntax is low cost acquisition without running paid traffic. That's basically it. Love it. So uh, tell me more about what you do today and who you serve. Yeah. So we serve a very specific guidance, B2B service-based companies that have a $5,000 offer or greater and are selling something online. Just like you, we're looking for people that have good product market fit, people who are excited about what they do and, and we can kind of jive with, right? I want to wake up and enjoy my job every day, not, you know, hate, hate the people that we're working with, right? So um, it's a, it's a good uh, process we have, but we are very specialized in B2B outbound marketing. So we have two core offers that we run. Offer number one is called Paper Positive Reply. It's an offer where we generate leads for people using outbound email marketing. We get paid on performance, so we don't do retainers. We're performance-based. And the other offer is called paperintro.com. Um, and that is basically the same offer as, link, uh, as the email service, but on LinkedIn. And for me, um, I've always been a big believer in the more performance-based you can be, the less retainers, the better. Um, I, I really believe in trying to have skin in the game from everybody. And so today, Syntax exclusively does performance-based work. We no longer do retain services. Love it. Love it. That's a valuable service. And, uh, and we're going to talk more about it. Now, for the people that are watching, tell us about what is up outbound marketing and why is it important? Yeah, so there's really only two types of marketing that I see, you know, I'm sure you can categorize marketing in a bunch of different, different ways, but there's really inbound and outbound, right? Inbound is you place an ad somewhere, whether that's Google ads, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and somebody sees an ad and they come to you, that would be considered inbound marketing. We do uh, exactly the opposite of that. We do outbound marketing. So the way that that works is we're grabbing contact details of people somewhere on the internet, social profiles, emails, phone numbers, whatever, and we're going outbound to them. So the big premise with inbound marketing when you're running ads is, hey, do you have this problem? Here's a solution. That's the inbound ch channel. The okay. outbound channel, what we're doing is we're going to them saying, we have this solution. Here's the thing that we have. Here's the solution. Do you have the problem? So it's just an inverted way to do to do marketing. And I'm a big believer, I think similar to you with, with your pipeline stage, you know, calling service and, and reactivation service. Um, it's the same model. There's high volume, high touch point, outbound activity that you're doing every single day to stimulate business. And to me, that's a little bit more predictable than let's stand up a bunch of ads on Facebook and, and blow budgets out of the water and spend tens of thousands of dollars um, without a concrete or tangible result. So that's outbound marketing to me. Love it. So inbound versus outbound. Outbound is when you go to people, you say, do you have this challenge? Do you have this problem? Is this an issue? They'd be like, yeah, it's an issue. Well, we have a solution. Would you be interested to learn more about it and how we can help you? And if they're interested, then that's when you, uh, I guess, could deliver more. Love it. So what do we need to get us started with email and LinkedIn outbound marketing? So they're, they're two totally separate um, kind of models. I'll talk a little bit about email first. Uh, generally speaking today, big kind of big disclaimer here too. If you're somebody who's going to do email marketing and you plan on using free Gmail accounts, that's at gmail.com, not G Suite and not Zoho, but just real like at gmail.com accounts. On May 30th, which is in you know 33 days, Google has an update call coming, which is called the LSA update, the Less Secure Apps Update. When you log into something with your Google account, uh, previously you would just 
you have to solve a captcha and you could get into that application. On May 30th, Google's actually getting rid of that. So one of my big disclaimers to people is if you are currently sending cold email to prospects using at Gmail accounts on May 30th, it's going to stop working. Google has rolled out a new thing called the app password. What that is, is you can log into Google. It'll give you a long, I believe it's a 16 digit password that you can plug into whatever you're using the Gmail for. And now you will no longer have that issue. But if you don't do that, you will lose access to all your Gmail accounts or any of your sending accounts on or before May 30th. So if that's something that you're doing today, make sure you change that. Um, it's very, very important. So um, that, that's my little disclaimer up front. So what happens if I'm using it just personally sending emails back and forth with the calendar and the rest of it? So same thing. So on May 30th, you're going to go to log into your Gmail account, Google Calendar, your actual Gmail account. And it's going to say if you haven't set up to uh, if you haven't set up the less secure apps app password, it's going to say in order to use your Google account, your Gmail account, you must do this process today or we're not going to let you do anything with your account. So will that affect any uh, any any existing integrations? It will. It'll affect a hundred percent of existing integrations. Every integration that currently is tied to your Gmail account that is currently using less secure apps <laughs> will have a problem with connectivity. You will probably get a bunch of notifications on May 30th from those applications that say, Hey, your account's been disconnected. Uh, you might get an email from Google. There's a lot, it's kind of speculative as to how they're going to notify people, but your connection from that Gmail account to the actual application will definitely stop working after May 30th. All right. So I've, I, I mean, I run on Calendly and, and uh, Google Calendar. Do mm -hmm. I need to go and set something up new from scratch? No. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to, when you go to Calendly, let's say you log in on, on uh, May, April, uh, June 1st, I guess that would be, you're going to yeah. see that, Hey, your account's been disconnected. You're going to have to go back in there, put in your username and password exactly. for Google, and you're going to have to reconnect it. And it's going to give you a 16 digit password now, instead of the normal, whatever your password has been selected. So that's something that everyone will have to do for every application. There are a couple applications that connect to Google today that are not less secure app applications. For example, you gave Calendly as an example. Calendly operates on OAuth. OAuth is a very expensive uh, security measure that Google has. It's about $75,000 to get OAuth approved. And that will allow you to connect to those applications without it breaking. So if you are a Calendly user and it, Calendly does operate on OAuth, you are probably not going to have this issue. But if you're connected to, let's say, a smaller CRM or maybe use your go high level user, that's a common application for online companies that will, they don't have OAuth. So that's going to break on those days. So just keep in mind, it's not the end of the world, but you do need to reset it on, on June 1st or after May 30th. Um, and that's just, that's just coming. So that's kind of like the the out there disclaimer. We talk about email and LinkedIn, right. but that is for sure out there as uh, you need to Perfect. address. So again, if you're watching or listening, if you get a notification from Google saying you you need to re-log in, re-authorize, re-set up, and reintegrate an app or two, that's not something to be missed. You have to take action on that. Definitely. Right. Especially for calendars, right? If you're someone who relies yeah. heavily on sales calls and integrating with a Google Calendar, do not you will see a dip in your sales if nobody can book in your calendar because the, the integration is broken. So try to try to get that fixed as soon as possible. Um, I'll go back to answering your question because I, I think it's it's super useful, right? Like email, LinkedIn, what's the difference? How are the how are the strategies different? Right. So on yeah. email, here's how it works. Generally speaking, you get five domains five inboxes per domain, right? You never use your primary domain. You always use something slightly different um, just so that you don't burn that domain. We set up five domains, 
five inboxes per domain, and you typically want to warm or ramp up those inboxes for about 14 days. That's 14 calendar days. Google and all the other ESPs, the email service providers, are looking at new accounts and saying, hey, this person opened the account yesterday and they sent 10,000 emails today. That's highly suspicious. So you need to ramp up your accounts. But once you've ramped them up for 14 days, you can send 25, 30, 40 emails per day per account very conservatively and tell people about your offer. You can pull a list of people from LinkedIn. You can email them, hey, this is what we specialize in. Here's how I can help you. Do you have this kind of problem? If they say yes, you're going to reply back to them with a calendar link or some way for them to jump on the phone with you. If they say no, or, or maybe later, you'd put them into your CRM and you'd follow up with those people in the future. So though that is the fundamental way for people to run email marketing outbound. The whole goal is how do you scale it? Well, there's three things you can do. More domains, more inboxes, or a combination of the two, right? You could say, hey, I want to send 1,000 emails a day or 10,000 emails a day. The only difference there is, do I have enough emails to send to? And do I have enough sending accounts, actual inboxes that I can send from? So that's the whole uh, email marketing strategy. On the LinkedIn side, it's the exact same process. You have a LinkedIn account, you connect a LinkedIn account, you run some automation outbound to people. Hey, this is the problem that I solve. Um, this is the kind of work that we do. Do you have this problem? They say yes or no. The people who say yes, boom, push them directly into uh, your sales funnel. So it's the same model both ways, but everything is contingent on you going outbound to your customers or prospects in this case, telling them what you do and then telling them how you can help them. Love it. So uh, what about the age of the domain? Does that matter? So the age of the domain used to really matter. Um, that was a massive factor for a long time. Google is a little bit less sensitive to the age of the domain today. And most ESPs, email service providers uh, are, are less sensitive because they know that people spin up new businesses, micro businesses all the time. So they're a little bit more lenient on just age. The major factors that they look at other than age bounce rate. They want to see less than 3% of the emails you send bounce. So you got to clean your email list before you send to it. That's one thing. And the mm -hmm. second thing is um, open and reply ratio. You want to make sure you have at least a 30% open rate and at least a 1% reply rate. What they reply doesn't matter. Positive, negative, out of office, autoresponder. It doesn't matter what the reply is. Just the fact is that you got a reply. That tells Google and the other ESPs, hey, this person sent a bunch of emails and the people are replying back. So there's clearly something of value there. Something. So we do we have to be around 30% for open rate? We don't, you don't have to be, um, most of the service providers that, that, um, emails are, are going out of have a ranking system based on IPs. So think about it this way. If uh, in school, you know, you, you always had the people who are the smartest kids, right? The, the, a, the a grade A people, and then the grade B people and the C's, right? They group you on your sending reputation. Google does this. They group you into, Hey, you're an A plus. You never have any bounces. Everyone replies to you. You got great open rates, great reply rates, and they group you into that, that category. You can do anything you want when you're an A plus. If you start having spam complaints or, you know, a lot of bounces or a lot of deliverability issues, they start knocking you down a few grades. And so they group all the A's with the A's, the B's with the B's and the C's with the C's. If you find yourself in D or F category, right, you're not going to be able to send emails anymore. So just like anything else, you always get a rating. The higher the rating, the better it is. The lower the rating, the worse it is. So that's that's a simplification of how Google analyzes email behavior. Love it. And then is there a way for us to find out what kind of classification we have with Google? 
Yeah. So one of the things that you can do um, that, that we like to test is if you have sales copy, email copy that you want to write, you can take your email account, write that email and send it to yourself on another email, an email that you don't typically interact with. So if I have Connor one at gmail.com and Connor two at gmail.com, I could send from one to the other with that email copy. And if that inboxes and doesn't go to the promotions tab and Gmail, you know, you're in a good spot. So that's an easy way to test. Uh, it's not perfect every time, but that's an easy way to test your what we call inbox placement score, IPS. Higher inbox placement scores, those are those people with the A's and the B's, they're going to inbox. I don't know if you ever noticed this or not, but if you there's always that one person that you email back and forth and their stuff always goes to your junk folder, right? Every time you're like, hey man, I missed your email. They're like, yeah, it's in my junk, right? That person's a B or a C, maybe a D, they're, they have a lower ranking. And so what's happening is they're being filtered out of your inbox and going into the junk folder. So the only way to fix that most of the time is to use a uh, warm-up tool. There's a lot of different commercial tools out there. Um, I'm not necessarily going to plug any one tool, but warm-up inbox is well known for this. They're like a $12 subscription, I think. You connect it to your email account. And what it does is it sends emails back and forth between your account and a pool of other accounts. And that will increase that reputation. It'll show Google, hey, I'm getting a lot of replies. I'm getting a lot of opens. It emulates that behavior. And so very quickly, you can you can go up the list. Now, warm-up inbox is great for consumer users or, or small business users. If you're somebody who's trying to crank out tens of thousands of cold emails per day, you got to come up with another solution, which is one of the kind of things that we focused on because it's very expensive. Warm-up inbox, $12, I believe, per inbox per month. Let's say you have 100 inboxes. You paying $1,200 a month to warm up your emails? Probably not, right? So there's other solutions in the marketplace um, that, that we've worked on and other people have worked on to have a lower cost solution. But if you just need one inbox and you want to warm it up, warmupinbox.com is probably the best place to go. And if you got a bunch of e um, emails that you need to warm up, then you have a solution for that? Yeah, we have, we have a couple different solutions. We have an SMTP provider where you can connect with your usernames and passwords. You can sign in and you can connect them to the bot. And what that will do is every day it'll send back and forth emails and it'll, it'll increase that inbox placement score. So for example, um, you know, we, we rate it from zero to 100 instead of the, the letter system, we, we do zero to 100 because we're math guys. Um, if you have a 90% or higher, you will inbox. If you have an 80 to 90%, you will inbox, but you'll probably go to the promotions tab. If you're under 80%, you're going to be going to junk. So every day we have a ranking system on our side. No one else can see it, but we, we can see it back and forth. And I can see exactly every single email address, how it's performing. Is it going to go to inbox? And do we need to keep warming it up before we start sending with it again? Interesting. So um, <clears throat> I guess, gang, that, that was good. That was, a, that was a, something I learned today that I literally didn't know about before this conversation that the warm-up inbox yep. and that you need to, you need to send emails that are being opened and your people are replying to you. So yes. I think, I think if you're writing copy, if you're encouraging people to reply back to you, that would improve your score there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what these bots do, right? So something like warm-up inbox, it sends emails on behalf of your email and it controls other inboxes, other people like you, and it opens it on behalf of them and replies back on behalf of them fully automated. So that note, because I don't want to sit here and reply to all your emails all day and you reply back. So it's all bot driven, but there's tens of thousands of these emails on a network. And so they continuously boost the score. Here's the caveat. 
if you use a low quality warm-up tool, for example, GMAS, not that we're pushing against any company, but GMAS is considered a tier three warm-up tool. There are a lot of people on there who are known to spam people with email. When those people email other people in the warm-up pool, occasionally it will derank everybody's inbox. So you got to be careful with who you warm up your inboxes with. So I just had a massive aha moment. And that's when I get some straight up junk email ending up in my inbox. Yes. And now I'm like, how the hell did this person end up in my inbox with this thing that is like clearly junk mail? Yes. That's, That's how, how they do it, right? Yes, correct. Absolutely. And wow. they're moving up up the ladder. So they're going from that, that F grade and now they're a D or a C. And so they're scooting by and kind of sneaking into the inbox. But what you will notice is that those ones that seem suspicious that get in your inbox, over time, you stop seeing them again. They might come back once and then they leave and they come back, but they're generally not able to hit the inbox over and over again. So that's just that. that's just the way it works. Very interesting. All right, so let's go back to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. How do we overcome the limitations of LinkedIn? LinkedIn, if yeah. we are, you know, trying to like reach out to a bunch of people, because LinkedIn definitely has li- limits. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. So uh, LinkedIn has uh, something called the Social Selling Index, uh, the SSI. It's a score, kind of like school. We're talking a lot about math today. Um, it's zero to one hundred. It's four categories, zero to twenty-five in each category. Every day you get a score from LinkedIn. If your score is seventy-five or higher you're going to be able to send roughly 100 to 150 connections per week. Okay. That's 75, 100 connections per week. Yeah. A hundred, you can send a hundred to 150 connection requests to other people each week. If you have a score over 75, if you're under 75, it's highly variable. What LinkedIn will let you do. They might only let you send 50 connections. They might only let you send a hundred. It it's it. They don't give away their algorithm uh, publicly to tell everybody what happens, but in general, you have a score. If you don't know your score, you can go to Google type in what is my social selling index and there'll be a link in there though. You know, the second or third article down will be a link to your LinkedIn profile and it'll tell you your score. It'll tell you the four categories, your score in each category, and then what your total score is. So if it is not 75 or higher, what you're going to find is it's going to, you can, you can figure out how to make the score better. For example, most people don't post anything on LinkedIn. They just DM people, message people, connect with people. Well, there's a category called insights And that category is solely based on liking, commenting, sharing, and posting content. That's it. It doesn't care about connection requests. It doesn't care about searches. It doesn't care about sales navigate. It doesn't care about any of that stuff. All it cares about is you engaging with other people's stuff, like, comment, share. That's it. So you got to to improve it. Absolutely. You want to be doing that all the time. You want to like, comment, share. You want to post a piece of content when when you can. You want to send connection requests. You want to do searches. You want to use the whole platform just like you'd use on, on Facebook, right? On Facebook, you would like something. You would share something. You'd add something to your story. You'd create a reel there. Like you would, you would do different behaviors on the platform. Whereas LinkedIn, people are just connect, 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 right? Over and over and over again. Uh, and so because of that, they they put some limitations in place. To your question, how do you overcome the 100 connection requests, right? One way really and one way only. And that is having the email address, the primary email address of the person you wish to connect with. If you have that, there are a multitude of connection tools, LinkedIn automation connection tools, where you can upload a list of all the emails of the people you want to go after. And it will actually 
bypass that limit on LinkedIn, um, which will allow you to send three, four, five, six, maybe even a thousand um, people per week. You got to be a little bit careful, right? Just like anything else, you can't blow it out of the water, but you can certainly go significantly faster. And there's a lot of tools out there um, like that. There's uh, expandy.io, there's LinkedIn Growth Machine, uh, which is a tool that we have a, that's a white label on Expandy. Um, there, there's a bunch of different tools, but they all have that same feature, which is I can upload this list. It's fully enriched. And so I can push connection requests as far as I would like. So that's the primary way to bypass LinkedIn connections today. Love it. So I've done the process of uploading my contacts to LinkedIn to connect with them. And I connect it like with a, almost a thousand people overnight, yes. and, which was really nice and sweet. And I, and I really liked that process, but there's a whole bunch of them that are outstanding. Yes. I've received. Should I just remove it and add it back again? So basically what happens when you're doing that, what's called a CSV upload or import yeah. on LinkedIn, you're going to like the contacts tab, you're going to manage, you're hitting that little up arrow and uploading your, your list. What that does is actually uses LinkedIn's email system to send those people an email that says, hey, Mustafa is trying to connect with you. So that actually doesn't go through LinkedIn, it goes through LinkedIn's email service. So it's a totally yeah. different mechanism. So you would want to recall all the people that are pending and then send them again, maybe 30 days later or 20 days later after they didn't accept. Most of the people are going to accept in the first five to 10 days maximum, right? Because they're going to get the email and yeah. say yay or nay, and that's it. So what I was thinking of, I was like, I know the active people have accepted, but those that haven't accepted like in a month, do I want to even reach out? You know what? It's the way I look at it is probably. And the reason I say <clears throat> that is because remember, LinkedIn isn't perfect at email deliverability either. So the email that went out on your behalf through LinkedIn to them that says, hey, Mustafa would love to connect with you on LinkedIn, that might not have reached their inbox. They might have really stringent inbox, you know, uh, you know, spam filters, and it may never have got to them. So I like to upload it twice and then kill it, right? So to do two attempts at it, if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, just stop doing it. So all right. That, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm looking at my LinkedIn right now. My social selling index is 70 out of 100. Perfect. So we just need to bump that up just a little bit. We want to get that at least 75 plus like, comment, share on posts once per day. Just jump in there, click a couple buttons. Good to go. Easiest thing you could do. Perfect. So I got some, some awesome coaching here, gang. So <laughs> like comment and share on LinkedIn to improve your, uh, is there like, a, uh, so what's your favorite automation tool for LinkedIn? So we have, we have a tool called LinkedIn Growth Machine that we helped build with a, another company called Expandy. Expandy is a great automation company. They do about $6 million a year. Very good at what they do. Um, they have built a white label environment that we spent a little bit of money and time to build out called LinkedIn Growth Machine. We own that brand today. So that is our, our shameless plug for it. We use that for most of our activity today. If you're somebody who wants to do crazy, crazy volume, there's another tool out there called ulink.co, U-L-I-N-C.co. Here's the pros and here's the cons. The pros of ulink is it can bypass any limits and go super fast. The cons to ulink is you can't become a customer unless you know a customer. You can't find their website. It's invite only and you have to have a code to join. So there's some limitations there that make it incredibly difficult for people who would like to use Ulink. Um, it's something we've moved away from just because of that reason. I wanted to make it easier for people to you know, scale up and, and keep going. Ulink has made tremendous changes in the last year since LinkedIn's updated, and we are slowly testing going back to, back to Ulink at this time. So just something to keep in mind, if somebody wants an invite, uh, I could probably dig it up and try to get somebody an invite to that. There's no, there's no money involved with that. I think the tool is 75 bucks retail. 
Um, and so you buy a single license, you connect your account, username, and password, and you're off to the races. Wow. Connor, this has been a massive value bomb so far. So you've been just dropping a lot of amazing nuggets here so far. So um, do, do you want to create – so is there a way to uh, – over other than the tools that we talked about is there another way like to over overcome and overcome uh, linkedin's limits so i i in general you need an automation tool that's that's really the only way to overcome that but what i will say is that people are getting more creative and strategic today so one thing is there's a company called hyperize out there h-y-p-e-r-i-s-e -I, -E, I think they make custom gifs custom images the cool thing about hyperize is you can integrate that with LinkedIn. So I could send you a message and say, hey, Mustafa, and I could be holding a coffee cup with your name on that coffee cup in the picture, fully custom. So I can pull variables from LinkedIn, put them into the custom image, and that typically will increase the rate at which people respond. So whether you're sending a connection request, you're sending an in-mail, you're just sending a normal message, you're sending them a message from an event or a group. It doesn't matter what the mechanism is, that customization occasionally will increase the results. We used to get about 20 to 25% connection acceptance rate. That's somebody saying, yes, I know this person, accept the connection. When we started using more Hyperize images, uh, that went anywhere from 35 to 50% connection acceptance rate, which makes a big difference because you do the same effort, but you get double the results. So if you're talking about, hey, how can I increase my results? Maybe not bypass the limits, but I can get better results. That's one of the fastest ways that you could do it is customization. How do you spell that? A Hyperize site? Yeah, H-Y-P-E-R-I-S-E, hyperize.com. Hyperize.com. And then you integrate that to your LinkedIn? To your LinkedIn uh, automation tool. So if you're using Expandy, you can, there's a spot where you can connect it with that. If you're using Ulink, they, I think they have an integration now. All the connection tools have an integration with Hyperize. And you can send that the GIF and the image in the connection request as well. Yes, you can send the it. In, yeah, you can send a connection in mail. You can send it in any anything you want, right? Any part of the message, you can put it in. And you can put it multiple times. You could have multiple different images you send. You could send your first message with one GIF and the second one with another one. I don't know if you'd want to do that because that will probably look like a computer or a bot, but you, you certainly could do that, yes. Love it. Love it. So I've just learned a ton. This this uh, this has been amazing. Uh, I I've just learned some new stuff that I I had no clue about. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, no. um, let's talk about creating a good offer. Like okay. we're now we're gonna uh, let's uh, let's do it through the context of I'm reaching out to people, and I want to give them a good offer that they'd be like, you know what? Hell yeah, I I actually need that. Right? How do yeah. we go about that? Couple, a couple things, right? First of all, I think there this whole like over research, over analyze the the marketplace. I don't think it's really as valuable as it used to be. I don't think you need to do tons and tons of research. To me, the best product market fit is you do outbound marketing, email, text, your pipeline, Facebook. I don't care what channel it's on. You do outbound marketing, and you're looking for one in a hundred people to say yes. If you can land one in a hundred people to say yes from outbound marketing, I feel as though you have product market fit. So what I do is I create an offer, launch the offer and see if I get good responses. So instead of spending all this time on like branding this and creating the perfect script and the perfect that, I just run some outbound, test it, see what the numbers look like. And then I can put the effort into scaling it up, writing better scripts, getting a sales process in place, all those things. So outbound is a very quick way to test it. 
Good offers typically have three things. Number one, have a desired outcome that's clear. For example, I set appointments for XYZ. Desired outcome, set appointments. You're telling the people that you do that. Your case, right? I call pipelines and set appointments from existing customers and extract referrals at the same time, right? Clear deliverable, right? Now, there's two other parts to making the offer good. One is the clarity of the offer, but the other thing is the financials around the offer. How do you pay for it? Is it done for you? Is it done with you? Is it DIY? Is it a lot of money up front? Is it a paper performance? Like how did the money work with this offer? Generally speaking, what I'm seeing today is the less retainer-based service you have and the more performance, or at least a component of the offer that has performance is a win-win for each people. So for example, double the investment, right? Money back or, or the difference if we don't hit this goal, like something that has some risk reversal in there that makes people feel a little bit more confident. The last part is identification of the audience. So I know it's not really offer, it's audience now, but having a good, clear audience, it doesn't have to be small, but having a good, clear audience so that people trust that what you're going to do is going to work for them. So if you're helping insurance agents and you say, well, I can also like help chiropractors and I, I can also help a dentist um, and I'm going to do Facebook ads for one and SEO for another. And I'm going to do a website for that. Like people stop trusting you the same way because now you're saying I'm everything to everyone. Yeah. Right. And and it's not a master. Uh, it's not a jack of all trades, master of none kind of situation. I know that that quote goes much longer than that, but it's not about being a generalist. It's about being niched on your service. We do LinkedIn outbound email outbound and our, and our financial model is paying per result. The person who says yes to us, I don't care what industry somebody's in. We're niching the service we're delivering so that we can deliver the same thing over and over and over again and scale that business. Just like you, your service, you don't care necessarily who the industry is. You're looking for people with high ticket offers, likely B2B, you know, coaching consultants, people that have a proven audience, a list that's a certain size. You have parameters around what you're looking for, but you, you are niched on the delivery of what you're doing, which is phone appointment setting from a warm list in referral extraction. That's it. Like that's the thing, right? That that's the core, the gist of what you're doing. And because of that, people know and associate that service with you. That's how you build good offers. So again, to find audience, having a good, good product market fit, having a pricing structure that makes sense, and then not being super wide on a million different services so that people don't distrust you. Those are kind of the components of the offer. Love it. I like I like everything you said, especially with the last point about being so wide with the list of services that you offer. Because I see a lot of companies that they start offering a million different services, and then they 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 have an operations problem, they have a delivery problem, they have a st staffing problem, they start delivering bad service, they lose customers, and then they're out of business. Yes, yes. So they, they like like Connor was saying, the best approach is like do one thing, be the best in the world at that one thing. And you can make a billion dollars out of it most of the time. And there's enough people around the planet and companies that could use your service. Yep. So love what you just said. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So could you give us like an example of an out, outreach kind of message that somebody that is watching or listening could like could at least try something on their LinkedIn and, and, and get something out of it? Yeah. So let's say you're, you're listening to this and you're someone who has uh, an info product, right? You're, you're specialist. Let's say you're a, you're a CPA, uh, right? Let's say you're, you're a CPA coach. Let's use my example. How about, how about we just use my example? Your example. Let's do that. Perfect. Coach so me. let's, let's say that like you, you run a reactivation and referral based service using someone's existing opt-in list. 
the message would be direct response. When I hear your offer, I hear is the most important thing, even though you might not think this is the most important, me as the copywriter in, in crafting this would be the referral extraction. The number one thing all businesses want are good referrals in a scalable way to get the referrals. So in your case, I would say, hey, Mr. Prospect, we specialize in generating new appointments for your business with no ad spend. And we do this by calling, texting, and emailing your existing list of prospects that you've had over the last year. We also guarantee our result through a 2x ROI guarantee. Would you be interested in chatting about how we could work together? Oh, I love what he just said. I'm like, yes, let's talk. Right? Right? You sold me. Yeah, so the frame, right? The frame really matters. And in the differentiator, a lot of people want to pull hook, hook, hook. They want like three or four hooks. In your case, there's a bunch of things we could say. We could say, hey, we can email them. We can text them. We can call them. We 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 have domestic labor. We have international labor. Like we can, you can frame it a million different ways, but the hook for you, the thing that people want to hear in your offer is, wow, I have existing customers in my pipeline or in my CRM that would give me referrals. That's what people want to hear. And so that would be the anchor point or the hook that we put inside of your sales copy in order for people to really jump onto that and be like, yeah, I want that. I want, I want to work from a stop. Set, get me a call. Let's do this. You know what I mean? That's what you want them to do. So that's why you make the offer very specific. Love it. Now, what's the best way to do a search and find a specific type of companies, for example, or, 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 or the specific type of people that I'm going after? What's the best way to go about that? So I always like to start with Sales Navigator on LinkedIn. That's a, that's a really good place to start. And there's a lot of different data sources out there. We built a data, you mentioned earlier in the show, getdirectdata.com. We built that tool, which is basically like Sales Navigator. It has all the emails in the freaking world in one tool, um, just so you don't have to search LinkedIn. But I think a good place to start for 99% of people is LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn, type in a keyword of someone that you think is a good fit for you. And ultimately... Um, you're going to get a, a bunch of results back, right? What I like to do is start filtering those results. I want to go after people that are second degree connections, likely that way they're people that I kind of know they're in my sphere of influence proximity. I want people that are typically smaller businesses because I don't want to work with fortune 100 companies. They're way too big, right? So I'm looking for under 50 employees. And then I'm also looking for people that are decision makers, founders, co-founders, owners, CXO, right? I want the whole C-suite. CXO just stands for, you know, all the all the middle letters, right? CEO, CFO, CTO, all those, the CXO, you want to pull all those people and say, hey, this is what I can do. Here's how I can help you, right? If you can do a search that outlines decision makers at the right kind of companies for you, you can pull all that data, extract it out of LinkedIn, and then you can do whatever you want with it. You can email them, you can call them, you maybe can text them, just got to make sure you look compliant on that. You can LinkedIn message them. You can Facebook message them. You can do whatever you want. The bottom line is you want to do a good search. And I always say, get your search down to 2,500 people. That's 100 pages of Sales Navigator. There's 25 people per page. Scrape all that data out of there and look at it and ask yourself, does this person seem like they would be an ideal customer? If the answer is no, your targeting is wrong. Love that. So go through, do a search. You get 2,500 people, about 100 pages, extract a list and ask the question, does this person look like the right customer? Yes, absolutely. And if the answer is no, or if you have to think about it, they're probably not. Right probably person. not the right fit. And you probably should go back to the drawing board on who it is. A really good thing you can do. This is like a, a little micro hack for LinkedIn. 
if you have a customer today that you're like, that is the perfect customer, go look them up on LinkedIn on the and go to their profile. On the right sidebar for most people, this isn't everyone because you can turn this feature off, but on the right sidebar, it's going to say recommended based on this profile. It's going to show you other people that are similar to that profile you just put in there. So if you want to kind of growth hack LinkedIn, I'm like, hey, I want a bunch of customers that are like Mustafa. I put in your profile. I look at the right sidebar and it gives me 10, 15, 20 people that are similar to you. Then I can message those people and say, hey, I'm working with this guy right now. We're getting great results. You came up as a recommended person on LinkedIn. I think we'd be great to work together. Can we chat? That's not scalable, right? It's not scalable at all, but it helps you find product market fit in the right target because I already know your customer. So the people who are showing up there are very similar to you. Is there an, a, a, a tool that could help us do that? So that's natively right, right inside LinkedIn. You just go to LinkedIn, you type in a search. That, okay, that there's no automation that I could say, Here, here's 100 people that yeah. I know are on my list. I want you to go find all the recommended lists. That, that, that would be that would be phenomenal. I don't believe that exists today, but that's something that we could put on I think one, you of should, our, yeah, you one of our roadmaps. Yeah. Here's the uh, next level service. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, here's 100 people that I, here's my, okay, here's the dream 100 list. Yeah. I want you to find people that show up on the similar. Oh, Connor, that's a million dollar offer. <laughs> so that would that would be very cool to do. And I think a lot of people like that, especially in the referral space, right? That's a great place to be. One thing that I've found that is incredibly useful is changing your email copy. If you're in a spot where you can't do direct response email, you don't can't just go right after the customer, go after the referrals, go after people that you think are similar to those people and just say, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn. This is the kind of problem I solve. Would you be willing to introduce me to anybody that you think I could help? Just like you've talked about before early in the show. And if you find a couple of those people and they start introducing the other people, you're going to figure out real quick who's a good oh, fit yeah. for your business. And if your offer is good and people see value in it, then they'll be like, um, you know what? I know, you know, there's other people that could use your service. Yeah. And uh, like, I, like we've done that to each other, right? Of course. So I, I had a conversation with Connor and next thing I know, I think I introduced him like 12 people. Cause there was like, there is like, there is, there is value in what he's doing. And I didn't have to think about it. All I did, here's what I did. I, I, I was in a room in a mastermind. And I say, who wants an introduction for a paper result, cold email marketing? And a bunch of people say, yeah, introduce me. Yeah, yeah. And then I introduced them to, to Connor. Right? Yeah. And then we ended up getting in the, into that, into the program together where we're, we're yeah. now networking with a bunch of similar people. So it, go, it goes both ways. We kind of pull it all together. And I think if you're not doing JVs or you're not joint marketing, co-marketing with other people, it's probably a good idea that to start looking at Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a good offer and what you're doing is valuable and people find value in what you're doing, um, it's easy to get referrals. Yeah, now, well, how are we doing for time? You talked about um, uh, hiring appointment setters to process leads, not closers. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think a lot of people are used to the the sales model of full stack sales guy, right? Sales lady, whatever call people outbound, inbound, paid traffic, you know, email traffic, set the appointments, close the appointments. In the online digital world, they're starting to break the, and this isn't new, but they're, they're really starting to break the setting and the closing role separate. The closing role is the person who gets on the phone to close the deal and actually run the sales process. The setter is the person who does everything before that. Outbound markets, prospects, writes copy, handles conversations, sends the calendar links, make sure the person's confirmed for the call. And by splitting that role into two, 
The setter is the person who's doing the high volume, high touch point, not a lot of phone work, just a lot of like chatting back and forth on, on LinkedIn, email, text, voicemail, whatever. Whereas the closer is doing the analytical art form of, of, of closing deals. So by splitting that role into two, what I found is that closers, they're really good at sales, terrible at organization. They want to do low volume, high results. The setter wants to do totally the opposite. They want to pound hundred conversations a day and set five appointments. And that's all they want to do. They couldn't close a door if their life depended on it. You know what I mean? So you got splitting that role in half makes the company typically more, more effective. And in your guy's service, for example, um, I would see your, your grouping as a setting service, an appointment setting service. The team's not getting on the phone and closing hundred thousand dollar deals, but what your team will do is set an appointment for someone on the team to go close some deals, right? Absolutely. Big, big distinction. When the appointment is set from chat to phone call, that is where the setter stops and the closer starts. That is the touch point where it's where the appointment actually gets booked. So I think just most people should be thinking in their business. I have a good product. I have a good offer. I have some lead gen. Very first thing, hire a setter, get the setter to replace all that legwork day to day, get appointment set, then hire a closer and remove yourself as the founder. Those are the two ways to, that you can really remove yourself from the sales part of your business, but you got to do one at a time and you can't do them both at a time. And you got to be careful when you do them both because they're very different skill sets. Absolutely. 100%. You know, I see a lot of companies try to get their salespeople to do, to do A to Z. And most salespeople are just like, I'm a closer. I don't want to do follow-up. I don't want to do lead gen. Just yep. send me people and I will close them for you. Yes. I think we, that's a smart approach to get to get setters like you guys, like us. We have our teams like that are cr creating appointments and responses for the closers on, on the customer's team. And those guys are just working on closing. Yes. Right. And we create we, <laughs> the next problem that we cre create for our customers is a closing problem, which we help them improve their closing rates as well if they suck at it. Because we create a problem of them having a low closing rate. Yes. If we have. Yeah. So we help, we help them with that as well. But I love what you just said, like separating tasks and have them specialize in something and be really good at it and let people do what they're good at. A hundred percent. That's that's the only way that I know to scale is to break roles apart until you get to a spot where, where you're in a good spot. So there should be lead generators, appointment setters, closers. There should be an onboarding specialist in your company that onboards all customers and takes them through a good funnel. And then there should be a fulfillment in a finance team. Those are all the categories, right? So lead gen, appointment setting, closing onboarding, fulfillment, and finance. Every single person in the company should live in one of those buckets and nothing else. Obviously, there's C-suite, right? That sits up top or founder, co-founder, but everyone should fit into one of those buckets. And if they successfully are in those buckets, you will get performance. That And, and you are category two. You are a, a diehard setting organization, right? You will set, the leads are already there. They're in the CRM. You're not closing them. So you're in category two, which is the setting category. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about something about the overall business thing. And you talked about taking a week off every quarter and see what breaks in your business. What's your experience with that? Yeah, well, we're actually going through this right now, right? So both our CEO, Bryce and, and Keith, uh, who's our COO and co-founder of a bunch of our companies, they're both going on vacation tomorrow, right? So this is a perfect example in our business. That wasn't planned. That's just the way it is. But we like to have these structured breaks in the business where a couple key leaders leave and we see what breaks. And what that shows us is where the business is weak. Because at the end of the day, if the business is contingent on one person, you don't have a business, you just have a job with a bunch of other jobs around that job. 
So what I like to do is I like to focus on, okay, if that's going to be the case, how can we systematize every single piece of the business so that it's no longer people dependent, it's systems dependent. So at the end of the day, if I want to leave for a month, I can leave. If Bryce wants to leave for a month, he can leave. If Keith wants to leave for a month, he can leave. Most businesses under $5 million are never going to solve that. And even us, like this week, you know, they leave tomorrow. It is going to be very scary on Thursday, Friday. I'm sure we'll be fine, but it's going to be one of those things we're going to feel it because those two guys are the two key players in the company, two, two of the many key players in the company, and they're both leaving at the same time. That is how you see if you have a real company or if you just have a bunch of people supporting the one founder with all the skills. Very interesting uh, uh, concept here because if your business is 100% dependent on you and cannot run by itself or with key without key players, you're in trouble. You, you, you have a job. You don't have a business. Correct. And right? that's why the stress test is important because you don't want to wait until you have a real oh shit situation where you got to fix it. Yeah. You don't want to wait then. So in another way to have done this, it's like you're in town where you take a few days off and you're yeah. watching what happens. Right. And you tell your people like, I'm off. And you're at home or you're, no, I don't know, around in, yeah, in a yeah. park or something. And you just see what happens. So if something really breaks, you could jump back in. Jump in and before, fix it. Before you're like in Mexico sitting on a beach, <laughs> sipping on margaritas. <laughs> you come back next week, you're like, sorry. Everything's no, higher, yeah, no yeah. You got some legal suits here. Let's go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Good stuff, man. That is awesome. Um, yeah, Connor, is there any, um, did we miss anything? So no, far? I. I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, I, I appreciate the the time to come on here and talk a little bit. I think the, the big takeaway for people should be if you're running inbound, start running outbound. If you're running outbound, start running inbound, right? Run both both methods and run multiple channels. Run the LinkedIn channel, run the Facebook channel, run the email channel, run the TikTok channel. There is no one like you have to live in this lane and stay here. A lot of people get scared by learning something new. And honestly, if you try to learn something new, it's never going to be fun the first time. So what I'd recommend is just go watch free content. YouTube, like every answer you want for anything you're doing is on YouTube, right? It's on yeah. YouTube or on someone's funnel or landing page or some training in a Facebook group or it's somewhere. Just like you put out here um, uh, on, the, on the Daily Confidence uh, show, you put the actual uh, training that we have here, which is syntax.com slash free cold email training with hyphens between it, which you can see on the screen. You know, that training there, it was literally just me explaining to somebody who doesn't run cold email how to set it up. Where do you get domains? How do you set them up? DMARC, DKIM, SPF, all the things you would need to know in order to set up email. And this information's out there for people. So just consume the information and 2.0 to that is apply it. You got to apply it. You can't just learn, 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 learn. You actually have to do it at some point. That, that, that's a good, so Connor, um, uh, let's tell us about your gift and, uh, yeah, as Connor mentioned, you could go to syntax.com. That's S Y N T A C Z.com forward slash free dash cold dash email dash training. The link is in the comments and it's in the descriptions of the show as well. Um, yeah, and so that training, that training is uh, is basically everything you need to know in order to run cold email for your company. Um, ideally, you would be a B2B service based company that has a high ticket offer where it would make sense for you to run cold email to acquire customers. But in that training, it's, uh, I think, 33 minutes long, 32, 33 minutes. And basically what we show you is where do you get domains? How do you set up domains? How do you copyright? 
How do you spin hacks or modify the, the different copies? Um, how do you get data? How do you clean emails? How do you sort your emails? How do you manage an inbox where a bunch of emails are coming back? Basically shows you everything you need to know how to do and shows you kind of the math behind doing 625 emails a day, five days a week. At 625 emails a day, you will book one appointment per day if you can consistently do that. So for the people who want, let's say 30 appointments a month. Well, at 625 emails a day, you will get 35, 30 to 35 appointments per month. So that training shows you how to hit that. And then just based on the name, how to set 100 appointments per month, we show you how to scale that two, three, or four X just by having more data, more sending accounts, more volume, and just kind of keep going up. So that training's there. It's fully free. The only thing you got to give us, I think, is your email and maybe your name uh, to opt into that training. Um, but yeah, that, that's the way it works. And uh, I hope that anyone who watches this likes the training and gets value out of that. Love it. Love it. So again, uh, the link is in the comments. Go get uh, access to that training, uh, free training on how to get, how to set 100 appointments per month well, with cold email. Uh, without spending a dime on advertising zero right love it love it love it so uh let me uh, uh, uh and here's the deal if you didn't feel like doing that doing that connor tell us a, a, again about what you do and what what your offer is yeah we really have one fundamental offer on the cold email side basically the offer is called paper positive reply uh you can look that up at paperpositivereply.com um, which we can give at some point to some people. But basically that offer is, hey, if you don't, if you like this training and you don't actually want to do this yourself, we work fully on contingency uh, for people's business. So what happens is a business owner comes to us with their high ticket offer, puts up $500 US to buy domains and inboxes. That's a hard cost that we would have. So you cover that. And then we exclusively work on performance. We work on $50 US again, per positive reply. So if we generate you 10 a week, we'll bill you $500. We built, we only hit five a week, we bill you $250, but we're exclusively working on performance and getting paid every Friday for the work we did that week. And so that allows you to have an outsourced team that can do all the technical, all the copywriting, all the sending, all the sorting, and just deliver you somebody, not an appointment. We're not delivering appointments. We're delivering the, yes, I'm interested. Yes, let's chat. And that comes right into your inbox. And when it's in your inbox, you can take it from there and, and kind of decide what the next steps are. So that's our done for you service. I would urge lots of people to go check out the training first, because honestly, 99% of what we're doing or what you're paying us for is implementation of that solution, right? You can do this yourself. Email is not that hard. There are some nuances, but check out the free training. And I think most people will be able to figure out how to do email at scale. Love it. Love it. Now, let me ask you a few questions, uh, some personal questions. Is that okay? Sure. Go ahead. All right. What's a new thing you've tried, you've tried recently? New thing. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. So I mean, small or big. Doesn't yeah, we're. I mean, we. This is this is a unique one, but we are recently closing a real estate deal into an LLC with no personal guarantees. I know that might sound crazy for a lot of people, but like structuring financing to buy a piece of real estate that is not in your name is actually way harder than it sounds to do. So we have recently done that. Um, we, our closing date is, is in the next couple of days here, but we've creatively figured out how to bring an Airbnb property that we purchased a home into an entity, an LLC, without using personal money, which is very hard to do. Um, but now that we got it figured out, we're going to be able to duplicate that process. So that's something I've been learning over the last 30 days on how to do. So you're using like business money? It's it's all business money. The title is in the LLC. The money flows into the LLC. The down payments made from the LLC and the mortgage is held in the LLC. 
So very different kind of business model. It doesn't put you at personal risk. Also allows you to scale in the United States after 2008, they started capping mortgages at 10 mortgages per person. If you want to buy 100 homes, well, guess what? 100 is more than 10. So you got to come up with a different way to buy properties. Um, and so this is the strategy around buying properties that you can cash flow on Airbnb, but put them into your business instead of into your personal name makes it way easier. So it's a hard process, but once you learn it, you're good. And that's been the last 30 days. <laughs> so the so the LLC would be responsible and liable if something goes wrong? Correct. Yes. Not and you so, personally. Correct. And so you there's other strategies in there too, like insurance for the LLC is different than insurance for personal use, right? They're like everything is different in the LLC. The amount of money the last insurance? Down. Uh, yeah, just just uh, just all the insurances, right? Your liability insurance, your mortgage protection insurance, like everything in the business model is different um, because it's in the LLC. So it's been a huge learning curve for us. Uh, it's been almost 45 days of doing this and we're down to the wire. So fingers crossed that we're all good uh, to close next week. Love it. What are your top favorite two or three books of all time? Who? Um I think I'll get some flack for this, but like 10X was a kind of an interesting idea. That's Grant Cardone book. Um, not that, not that uh, I think 10X is the end all be all, but it kind of shows that most people, the reason they only get a small result is because they only put a small amount of effort. And I think if you actually do multiply volume in your day to day, you actually do happen to get volume back. So I think it's a great concept, right? Do more, get more. I think a lot of people think there's like some special potion to get it done. It's literally just do more. And so I think that's, that's a great book for that. Um, that there's some really good tax books um, from uh, Robert Kiyosaki CPA. His name's Tom Wheelworth. Um, so whether you're in Canada or the US, I mean, a lot of stuff applies the same way. Um, but Tom Wheelworth, he, he's, he is Robert Kiyosaki CPA. And he has this book, um, a bunch of books, a whole line of them that talk about tax strategy and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And you start to realize that Tom, if, if you're, if you follow Robert Kiyosaki and he's rich dad, poor dad, that's a famous book that, you know, most people would know. The real savage or the real person who knows what they're doing is Tom, not Robert, right? To the, the CPA, he's the one who's telling them what how to how to do all this stuff creatively. And so uh, it's very interesting to see that the B player, the, the guy who's off to the side, like not the CEO, but the, the planner, how he thinks. So any anything that's Tom Wheelworth, there's a bunch of books. His number one book is probably called, Ta is the one called Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelworth. That is a phenomenal book. Hard to read, but it, it very helpful. So those are probably the, the top two books that I've read in the last little bit. Love it. Is there another third book that made a massive difference in your in your business or life? Uh, th third book. I mean, Four Hour Work Week was pretty cool. Uh, I think Tim Ferriss is a legend. He had some very good ideas. I actually ended up writing a book in the middle of COVID uh, called The Seven Minute Phone Call: How to Get More Shit Done in Less Time. Um, and really that was fundamentally based around the four hour work week, right? I mean, he talks a lot about compression of time, eliminating stuff that doesn't matter, delegating to VAs, right? Hiring other people, that mentality. I know a lot of people think they know how that works, but when you read the book, you start seeing actual applications. So I think four hour work week by Tim Ferriss is a phenomenal selection. Love it. Um, uh, <clears throat> is a seven minute book uh, some phone call book. Is this, uh, some up for grabs? Is it? Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we are actually reconverting that probably in the next month here to a PDF. We're going to give that away to people. So at some point I'll, I'll drop that to, um, out on Facebook for people to have today. It's not available. Um, it is still in manuscript form. Uh, we wrote it, but we just decided to, to put some extra content in. So that's not available today, but will be available shortly and it'll be totally free. And on Amazon, 
I think it'll be like two dollars or something. If, oh, if make sure you that. send me the copy, man. One hundred percent. I want to read that. All right. So, what's one advice that made a massive impact on your life or business? That's really good question. So, probably the, the it's advice that I didn't take, right? And in the piece of advice that I didn't take was like slow down, right? Like every time I talk to somebody who who's looking at what I'm doing, everyone's like, slow down, slow down, slow down. I'm not really a big believer in that because at the end of the day, it's like whether I go fast or I go slow, we all have the, roughly the same amount of time. So for me, I'd much rather get more done in more in, in less time. So it, you know, people have provide that advice, go slower. And I just think just do whatever you want, right? If you want to go fast, go fast. If you want to go slow, go slow. There's no right answer. But for me, I think you just operate at the speed that you want to operate at. I guess you got to find out what works for you. Yes. If you go fast and if you go slow, whichever works, then do yep, that. Absolutely. Cool. Um, Connor, if you had a Facebook or a, a Google ad that everyone on the web could see, what would your message be for the people of Earth? <laughs> a personal one or a business one? That's a funny question. Whatever, like you got one message. One message. <laughs> Dude, that's a complicated one. I would say I would probably put something around advertising. I think there's a lot of small business owners that are looking to grow their business and don't have the budget yet to spend. So I'd probably put out something like grow your business without paid ads, scale with cold email and put that out to people because it's accessible. It's low cost. It allows people to grow their businesses. There's millions of entrepreneurs in America that would love to grow a business and don't have the finances to do it. Cold email is a phenomenal way to get your feet off the ground. And then you can take the money you earn and reinvest into something like advertising. Love it. Connor, is there something we, uh, we, you'd like to talk about or mention that we didn't get a chance to yet? No, I, I think we did. A, I think we did a great job. I, I really appreciate it. I know we went an hour long here and it's, it's, it's awesome to come on and talk about this stuff again for anyone who's listening. If, if you want help with cold email, that training guide has all of the answers, right? It's all there. It's not this like training. I, I give you two things and you can't actually do it. They're all right there. It's like me it's clicking there. through loom and explaining exactly what to do. If you don't understand that, I'm happy to help you. You can book, book time with me one-on-one -on -one. that costs you absolutely nothing to do that. Um, but, uh, implement, implement everything in that video. It will help you scale your business. I promise. Beauty. Well, Connor, it's been an honor and pleasure having uh, a conversation with you. Uh, you. You shared a lot of good stuff. Gang, I think I, I'm going to go back to a couple spots here and do, do this show and go take some notes as there's some some action items that I've taken that I need to go back and take a look. <laughs> uh, you might want to go back and take a look as well and share this with other people that could benefit from this. Reach out to Connor and his team. Uh, they do amazing work. And... Uh, and that's that. And again, if you want uh, the, the blueprint to simple retention formula, where uh, I shared a step-by-step -step process on how to keep your customers, have them come back, get recurring revenue and referrals. Uh, if you're interested in that, type retention in a comment. And I know you're interested. I will send you the link to download it. Thank you for joining us. Have yourself a great day. And we will see you next week.